Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that will help you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. Together, for you. Welcome to episode 18 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. I'm a family physician with obesity medicine certification, and I'm a weight loss coach for physicians who are struggling with their own weight. My coaching is private, it's evidence-based, and it's comprehensive to address all of the issues that might be impacting your weight. So if you've been struggling with your weight and can't figure it out and can't figure out why your weight is the one thing that you haven't been able to solve and get on top of, that's where coaching can come in. I can work with you to identify what the underlying issues are and work on building solutions that work for you in your life. If this sounds like something that would benefit you, head over to my webpage, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash work dash with dash me. And you can scroll down and just book an introductory session right there. The introductory sessions are done over video conferencing. It just gives us a chance to chat and figure out what ways I would be able to help you with my coaching. I am booking up and my spaces are limited for this professional coaching program. And so if you are interested I encourage you to go over and book your introductory session now. Currently, introductory sessions done in April will be for consideration of coaching starting at the beginning of May. And there's only a few slots, so sign up now just to make sure that you get one if you think this would be helpful for you. All right, so today's episode is a really important one, and I think you're going to find it really helpful. This is an interview that I did with Lauren Ciesco who is a binge eating coach. So she coaches people regarding binge eating. Binge eating disorder is the most common eating disorder. The estimations are approximately two to 3% of the population will have binge eating disorder at some point in their life. And of people that are seeking help with their weight, about 30% of them have binge eating disorder. And this episode was really important to me because I think binge eating disorder is something that is common and a lot of people, even if they don't meet the criteria for binge eating disorder, have some element of binge eating and it, it's such a distressing thing for people to have because the element of binge eating is that you eat large volumes of food, often to the point of feeling uncomfortable and you feel out of control when you do it. And then often there's a lot of negative emotion after you're finished a binge. And so for a lot of people that experience this, binge eating is a secret. They don't tell anybody about it. They may not even tell their doctor. uh, And a lot of doctors don't actually know to ask about it. And I think as a physician, if you're struggling with binge eating, likely this is even probably more of a secret for you. I suspect that that element that we all have of we should be able to figure this out, I shouldn't be doing this, uh, comes into play even more when you're a physician struggling with binge eating. And so the reason why I thought it was so important to do an episode on binge eating, and I'll probably do more uh, if you know anybody that would be a good person to interview about binge eating who has good tips and techniques, send me an email because I'd be really interested to hear about it. 
I think it's really important to start the conversation about binge eating. It's something that is not discussed in the general population. It's not really discussed in general medicine stuff. And so it's very isolating. And the reality is there's probably a lot of you listening to this that have some element of binge eating or perhaps even binge eating disorder. And maybe it's something that you've never told anybody about. And I'm really hopeful that maybe just listening to this interview with Lauren, who has such great, just practical tips that you can work on will, A, give you things that you can work on, but also B, maybe start to make it feel not so much like this big weight or this big secret and maybe make it feel like it's something that just is a common thing that happens to a lot of people regarding food and there are ways to help. I think there is some overlap between the concepts of binge eating disorder and food addiction. And so if you find this interview helpful, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to episode number five, which was my interview with Dr. Vera Tarman regarding food addiction. So I first heard Lauren talk on one of Brooke Castillo's programs. And when I heard her talk about binge eating, I thought, this is fantastic. And it's gives really concrete, practical approaches to working on changing that pattern of binging on your own. And so I actually met Lauren at a course I was at and approached her to ask if she'd be on this podcast because I thought that her information was so good. I just really wanted to have the opportunity to interview her and get it out there. So I hope you really enjoy this interview. Send me any questions or thoughts you have at info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca and let's get to the interview after our disclaimer. And now a quick break to review a disclaimer. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. And now back to the episode. All right. Welcome to the show, Lauren. I'm really excited that you're here and I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the fo- this call with you and to be talking about binge eating, which not a lot of people talk about. So this is great that you're having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. And that's totally true. Um, we've talked about this off camera, but um, I see binge eating in my patients and other people I work with, but it often is just something that is not discussed in public. And so often it ends up being people's secret and a secret that they feel like they can't control, which feels really frustrating. And so that's why it was a topic I really wanted to have a podcast on so that we could hopefully help people that might be listening and struggling with this. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. It's, there's a lot of shame that's involved in binge eating and people get into that shame cycle, which, help, which really keeps them stuck in it too. So I'm so glad that we're talking about this today. Awesome. Do you want to start with telling us a little bit about yourself and your story? Yeah, absolutely. So I was your typical when I was in my 20, well, really I've struggled with my weight my whole life. So I was an emotional eater when I was a child. I remember I used to sneak into my parents' cabinet and eat cookies when I was a little girl. And that was kind of my first, um, 
exposure to emotional eating. Um, and then when I got into my teenage years, into my 20s, um, I really became obsessed with dieting. And really, it was rooted in me wanting to change my body where I was unhappy with my body. And I feel like a lot of binge eating stems from being unhappy with the body. And then they go into, you know, the diet restriction cycle, which eventually led into binge eating. Mm -hmm. And really it was in my twenties and into my third, my early thirties where, um, binging became a part of my life. Like I felt very, very trapped. I felt like I was out of control with food and quite honest, I thought that I was broken and that there was something wrong with me. And I did all, you know, read all the books and tried the diets and did all of the things that you think you would do, but nothing seemed to really help me um, until I became a life coach, a certified life coach. And through learning some of the tools through life coaching, um, really found out that it was my thinking. And, and I'll go into more of like the, the how to later, but um, my story starts with, um, oops, sorry. So sorry. <laughs> my, um, my story really starts with me feeling so much shame and being like very lost in, in binge eating and thinking that there was something wrong with me. And the mm -hmm. truth is that in, in binge eating, the way that I look at it and the way that I teach it, it's like very much a habit. And if you don't, if you don't understand what's going on in your brain and you don't understand a lot about binge eating, it can seem like very, very hopeless. And you can get really, really lost in that story of like something is wrong with me. But eventually mm -hmm. I was able to, um, through using some of the life coach tools that I teach, um, really learned how a process of how to get unstuck. And now that's what I do is I help other people. And, and I remember like so vividly, like sobbing on my bathroom floor one day at like the lowest, like feeling so hopeless and being like, I'm so smart and I have everything else together in my life. Like, why can't I figure out this one thing? And like, mm -hmm. really in that moment was like, I'm going to make this my life mission to like figure this out so that I could teach other people. And that's why I'm here today. So that's awesome. It's such an area that needs, you know, as much support as possible. Mm -hmm. um, it needs more people to kind of step up and, and offer to help, I think. And yeah, so and I think there's just one more little thought now sure. that I have like an afterthought, like, I think too, like what kept me and I think what keeps a lot of people stuck is society and the way that we teach dieting and like the pressure to be thin and like the, you know, like there's so many like outside factors that are coming in of like how we think that we should look and how we think that we should fix this problem, which would be like that diet mentality where people are like, oh, well, if you want to lose weight, you just need to like exercise and eat healthy and eat less food. Um, but that like with the diet culture and the diet mentality comes a backlash, which is like what binging ends up being. Mm -hmm. And I was going to ask, when you went into the life coaching, were you going into it to look for an answer to this or did you kind of happen to find the answer as a bonus? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, I didn't know. I didn't go into it being like, oh, this is the answer to stop binge eating. No. Um, mm -hmm. But after I found out the power of, and of our thoughts, and so like really what I teach is that our thoughts create our feelings, our feelings create our actions, and our actions create our results it really empowered me because when I finally had that realization that, oh, wait, it's 
my thought that's creating my feelings. And then if I want to feel better, I can just change my thought rather than using food. Because for me, I was turning to food to feel better. And that was really like the reason why I was binge eating is because I was numbing up with food. Um, now, eventually it did become a habit. So even when I didn't have that realization that I was using it for food because it becomes so habitual, which is why it's hard to stop. And I'll kind of go into that part of it in a little bit too. But no, I, I didn't originally know it. But then once I got into it and I was like, oh, I'm the one in control. And I think that's the biggest thing is that we feel like binge eaters, they feel powerless. Mm-hmm. And so when you can change the way you're looking at it and be like, no, actually I am empowered to make change. That's when, that's when you have control to get to really stop too. So for me, the life coaching tools taught me that I was in control and that I was empowered. And then I really mastered them and then applied that to the binge eating. Yeah. And that's awesome. Um, So do you want to kind of start from what this sort of classic approach to binge eating is? Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of people, when it comes with a binge eating, they think that it's restriction that oh, you don't restrict your food because if you restrict your food, you're going to, you're going to become a binge eater. And the reason why people say that too is part of it is our biology where when we, you know, as we were evolving, as we were growing, I guess from like caveman, um, you know, we had that feast and famine where they wouldn't Mm -hmm. eat for a really long time. And then they would have to like binge on food and really like our survival of human was reliant on us being able to find food, seek out food, and then eat a bunch of it and store it. Um, and so when we like restrict food, there is, I do want to say that there is a biological part of us that um, your body will signal that you need to eat food. So the traditional approach is, hey, don't, don't restrict your food else you're going to like end up binging. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, is that the, what I found through life coaching and the tools, it's the emotion and the intention behind the restriction that actually causes the results of binging versus not binging. Right. And I think the traditional binging is that it's coming from that self-loathing. So I hate my body. I, I don't, like my, I, I, I hate myself. I want to change my body. And so mm-hmm. when you, ha- or I can't have that. So you're like telling, you're like really restricting it. What happens is that your reaction on the backside has a net negative uh, consequence because you're at the end of that is also the self-loathing when you go into it. Mm-hmm. Rather, if you could change your thinking and change your thought, your thoughts about it and going in with love where like, I love myself so much. So I'm choosing not to eat that. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like restriction on the back end. And so I think that it's very misunderstood that we think that if we restrict that we're going to binge, but it's really the intention and the feeling and the dialogue that you're going into restriction. Yeah. And I think like the thing that I struggle with, with that sort of classical view, like don't restrict is you know somebody who who struggles with obesity um, the, that messaging in our current society of never restrict means there's so many foods that contribute to the issue right 
Mm-hmm. Like if you don't restrict, then that means you don't say no to sugar or other stuff, which then drives the dopamine in your brain, drives those habit loops, makes you want more, makes you feel more out of control. And yeah. so that's like I often talk about this with people I work with is, um, you know, you can say, I'm not going to eat sugar. And then if you focus all the time about how you're not allowed to eat sugar and how you really wish you could, because that's kind of the follow-up thought, right? Like I can't mm-hmm. have this, but I wish I could. Then you're going to be miserable versus yeah. if you focus on thinking, I feel really good when I don't eat sugar and I feel in control and I feel healthier and better. And I like the foods that I'm eating because they're tasty. You'll, you, like you said, you won't feel deprived then. It won't feel restricted. Yeah, It's all about what you think about it. Absolutely. And I love that you said that, that I wish I could in that. And, and mm-hmm. I think the mo- one of the most like dangerous thoughts is like this should, I think I should be able to do this or I wish yeah. I could be able to do that because it creates desire and it creates wanting. And recently, so I've stopped binge eating and I haven't been, I haven't been a binge eater for a while. Um, and I did it without restricting anything. So I just decided that I just wasn't going to eat. And now in this place where I want to not want sugar for myself. Mm-hmm. And so over the last month, I've taken sugar out of my diet and it's actually been the easiest thing I've ever done because I just decided that I just didn't want it. And so when you take the wanting away, you're not left with that, that backside of the desire because when you want it and you can't have it, or you want it and you tell yourself that you can't have it, that's where that, um, friction comes in. That's where that, um, deprivation comes in. And Mm -hmm. so like, that's really how I work with my clients is we switch it in our mind first, where we come from a place of, I love myself so much that I want to not want it. And then there's total freedom. And I remember in the past of like doing like keto or doing these extreme diets where I like, I gave up like all of this stuff. But what was happened is that I told myself I couldn't have it and I was left with all the desire. So it felt like I was white knuckling it or using willpower the whole time. Yeah. Where now like the way that I do it for myself and I teach my clients is that we use our thoughts. So we use our prefrontal cortex to outsmart the primitive brain to, to not want it so that there's total freedom because we take away the desire to have it. And we do that by our thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, and that's huge. Like, so on this podcast, I talk about using a lower carbohydrate approach, meaning, you know, trimming some of the extra starches and sugars up to some people choose to be keto, but it, it's totally true wherever you fall on that. If you do it just because it's a diet that's in a book and you should, it's mm-hmm. going to be hard. Whereas if you just go, this is how I want to eat and this is how I feel best, it actually isn't hard. Yeah. Like it, it, it becomes very simple if you yeah. let it be, if your brain lets it be. Exactly. It's all about that, like the intention behind it. And once again, like I remember like when I did keto that one time, it was because I didn't really want to do keto. I just thought that my friend had lost a bunch of weight doing keto and I wanted to lose a bunch of weight. So I'm like, oh, I have to do keto. Right. And like, I was like coming from this place of like totally misinformed, like totally doing it for the the result, but not because of like wanting to do it for the right reason. And then that's when we like are using that. That's why we start white knuckling it and we use willpower and willpower doesn't work on long term on food. So how you 
So I teach my clients, I actually do a webinar called how to stop binge eating without using willpower. And the whole basis around it is you don't need willpower at all to stop binge eating. Actually, the reason why you think you need willpower is because you're fighting those urges for the food. There is the mm-hmm. desire is there and you're resisting it and you're fighting it versus, and think about the analogy of <clears throat> holding a beach ball underwater. Mm-hmm. So the beach ball is an urge and an urge is just that really compelling compulsive thought and feeling that, sorry, it's a feeling that you need to eat the food. So what people do is when they go to, they want to binge and they feel that urge, they shove it down and it's like holding that beach ball underwater. And we all know that you can, you can only hold a beach ball underwater for so certain amount of time before you get tired. And then what's going to happen is that beach ball is going to come flying up so much higher than it would have if you had just left it floating on the water. So what Mm -hmm. I teach people to do is I teach people how to let that beach ball float on the water and then use your thoughts to accept it. And then there's no resistance, there's no fighting. And then eventually it's super easy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use that analogy with the people I work with too because it's just so, um, it just makes sense, right? Like let the beach ball float around. When it hits you, it doesn't hurt you. It, yeah. It's just a beach yeah. ball. Like, Can I, yeah, and I think that's why people are like, they think binge eating is like really hard to stop. But because the reason why they think it's hard is because they're fighting and they're resisting and they're white knuckling it where if you get to a place of allowing and coming from love and wanting to want, it mm-hmm. actually becomes easy. And I never thought that I would say that. Believe me, like when I was stuck in binge eating, I was like, I'm, this is like the hardest thing ever. Where now I'm like, yeah, it's, it's easy to do it if you're coming from the right place. And like now me giving up sugar has been the easy. I've never thought that I'd be like, oh yeah, sugar was easy to give up. But then I realized like I just changed my mind. I took the desire out with my mind. And that's like total freedom. And that's what I want for everybody who's listening to this, mm-hmm. this podcast is to like realize that it just your thinking and your, how you're approaching binge eating that keeps you in the fight, that keeps you in that vicious cycle. Right. So let's, maybe can you talk a bit more about how you use the thought model? So I've done an episode, if you're listening if you haven't listened to all the episodes, one of the earlier episodes, I think it was episode five, we talked about the the thought model that Lauren's going to use. But I think it's really interesting to hear, Lauren, how you use it um, to apply specifically to this issue. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're listening, so the thought model is basically, it says that everything in life is neutral. So it's a neutral circumstance. And then we have a thought about that neutral circumstance that creates a feeling and that feeling creates an action and the action creates a result. So it's always our thinking and it comes down to like our beliefs and like our identity too. So like how we see the world, our beliefs and our thoughts that are always creating our results. And this is very automatic. And what the thought model does is it really just empowers you because it gets to show you what your current thinking is. And then it gives you an opportunity to pull back and be like, okay, well, if I don't want those results anymore, Mm -hmm. you put the results you want in a new thought model. And then you come up with new thoughts that are going to get new actions that are new feelings that are going to get new actions that you can create new results. So it's just a way of looking at how you're creating results in your life and how to empower yourself to change. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And how I use it with binge eating is, so let's do, I mean, I actually have one on my, my wall over here. So um, I, I use these all the time. So let's actually use the, the thought about I have no control. Sure. So with, with cookies. So the neutral circumstance, I always talk about cookies because that was the thing I binged on the most. So we're going to talk about cookies. <laughs> so the neutral circumstance is you see cookies. Yeah. Right now, people who are binge eaters, if in whatever, like if you're listening, pick your favorite trigger food. Okay. And this will work really well for you. So when I used to see cookies, my thought would be, I have no control. Mm-hmm. And then that feeling would make me feel powerless. That thought would make me feel powerless. And then I would just give into eating the cookies because I thought I didn't have a chance, a choice because I felt like I was powerless. So I didn't even yeah. try. And then I would just give into the cookies and binge. Mm-hmm. So that's just a great example of like a, a model that leads to binging where you have, you see a food that's trigger. You tell yourself that you have no control. You feel hopeless. You don't even try and you give in. It's like that self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. You give in because it's going to happen anyways. It's so exactly. Cause you that's may your as well do Exactly. Yeah. And that's your, and it's so important that you understand that that is something that you're choosing to believe that you have no control and that you, you're going to give in eventually. So how I help people with getting the results of not binging is that we change the thought about it. So mm-hmm. once again, cookies, same circumstance, you see cookies. Instead, I help my clients say, I'm in control. I have a choice and I've already decided that I'm not going to eat them. So if, when I say those thoughts, it makes me feel empowered. And then when I feel empowered, then I'm willing to sit with that uncomfortable feeling. I'm willing to believe that I don't have to give in. And then I don't give in. And the result is that I don't binge. So Mm -hmm. the circumstance is the same, seeing your trigger food, which is the cookies, but your thinking and your belief about it is going to create your results. So when you think that you have no, that you're out of control, that's how it's going to play off. If you think that you aren't, that you have control and that you're not going to give in, then you won't. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, on the, the second one where you don't end up binging, that starts building what's called self-efficacy. So basically you start to believe that you, like you believe more in the thoughts and then you can do it more easily the next time. Cause you know, it worked once, yeah. right? Which is absolutely. Huge. And it reinforces itself, but it's, crazy because that's the hardest thing is going from believing that you don't have power to you can. So you have to like believe it in your head first Mm -hmm. before you actually get the results. And then after you get the results, then you can use that evidence to like build more evidence that you can do it. So how do you help people believe that new thought when they've spent their life believing they don't have control? That's a great question. (laughs) Um, it, It comes from willingness. Okay. It comes from willingness to believe that you, that you can change. And that's really like the, the very first work that I do with all of my clients is helping them get to a place where they're, what I'm doing is not working and that mm-hmm. I'm willing to try something new. I'm willing to let go of everything that I once thought was true in order to get what I want, in order to create something new for myself. And Mm -hmm. so we just break on like, and and part of it too is like, I think for me, I had to, because I didn't believe it in myself. And I I feel like a lot of people like this are like this when they've been binging their whole life is I had to 
believe it was possible because I saw other people doing it too. So I was like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. So mm -hmm. that's a good way for you to, if you don't have the belief in yourself, the belief to see that it's possible for other people. And we just bridge our way there. So maybe they go from, yeah, I'm willing to believe that I can change or I'm, I see that other people can change so I can change. And then eventually over time, they'll be like, no, I can change and do something different. And then once they're willing to let go of that old version of themselves, and that's, these are like the words that I use is basically the version that you are now, you have to be willing to let go of to become the next version of you that is a non binge eater. So I work a lot, like I do work within the thought model, but I also believe that it's bigger. It's about our identity and it's about our beliefs. And mm -hmm. if you're anything like me, I've been stuck in those beliefs for decades mm -hmm. that it was like my reality. And I didn't, I thought it was just true. So part of this is being willing to let go because think about it. If you want different results, you have to be willing to do things differently. And this is all about thinking differently. This is about creating a different identity. And when you can grasp onto that new identity and then believe it before you see the results, that's the magic. That's when you eventually become that person. Yeah. So kind of thinking like the future self, right? Like yeah. assuming the person you want to be. Yeah, exactly. And it's so powerful to have, start having dialogue with that version of you that's non-binger. And mm -hmm. so like really coming from that. So I help people kind of get into that new avatar, like that new avatar of them and dialoguing with them from their current place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great tool that I use too. Um, okay. So now obviously, so physicians are generally perfectionists, right? Like we're type A people. So like when you decide you're going to change something, you think that it should just change. But something difficult like this, like there's going to be a process and mm -hmm. there's going to be sometimes even when you're doing all this work that, you know, maybe there things aren't going to work and you are going to have a binge. So what do you recommend people do when they do end up binging and how do you recommend that they process it? Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you brought up this perfectionist because that's really like the people that I work with are high achieving perfectionists. So like this is definitely like and it also who I was. Um, so when I know that I'm working with somebody that is definitely a perfectionist, I'm going to help them. I'm going to set them up. So they're going to succeed by telling them that they're for sure going to fail. So mm -hmm. like, if you go like at first, you know, you're going to go in and you're going to make mistakes. So once again, let's, let's talk about the diet mentality and how like it's stemmed because I think it's important to understand where it's coming from when it comes to like binge eating, because we think that we're so like the diet mentality that a lot of people have is like good and bad, right? Like they mm -hmm. label food good and bad. You're and on or you're off. On, exactly. On and off. Mm -hmm. And like all or nothing thinking is like mm -hmm. where I'm sure a lot of the people that are listening to this are coming from. So it's important to understand that we think that it needs to be perfect in order to get effects. And I also think too, that people are so attached to that outcome of losing weight or stopping binge eating that they want to get there really fast. So they think that if they have one little mistake, they are like, oh my gosh, I'm so far away from getting where I'm at. And so once again, this is about reframing the way that we're even looking at this. So mm -hmm. I think it's so important to go into this, not thinking about looking at it as learning a new skill set. 
Because that's really what I tell people. I'm like, you're just four skill sets away from being the version of you that is no longer a binger. And Mm. when you can kind of think of it as a learning process, it changes because if you guys are physicians on this, you guys, you you just didn't learn how, like overnight, how to be a doctor. Yeah. Like it took time time and there was probably, you had to like learn and be uncomfortable. So part of this process of how you stop binge eating is you give yourself permission to fail, but you don't actually look at anything as failures. Instead, it's all lessons. And then what you would have, what I have my clients do is every single time that they mess up, quote unquote, mess up, because I don't believe there's mess up. There's like mess ups. It's just like, oh, cool. That was an opportunity to learn. And so the questions I have them do is, First, very, very first, do not beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. Do, not make, do not make it mean that th- something's gone wrong because mm-hmm. nothing has gone wrong. That failure is actually part of the process and that's how you're going to learn. Because when you're learning new skill sets, you're not proficient at them. Like how you become proficient is by practicing and by failing. And so the very first step is forgive forgiving yourself, having compassion with yourself. And then we want to think about moving on really fast. And so you ask yourself, awesome, what can I do different next time? Mm -hmm. And the other most powerful question that you could ask yourself is, how did that happen for me? Instead of being like, oh, that happened to me. I can't believe I did that. But instead, like, hey, how did that happen for me? And generally the answer is for me to learn, for me to realize that, oh, maybe I do need to learn how to allow urges, or maybe I need to be willing to be uncomfortable, or maybe I didn't realize, I didn't change my thought. And so I go back and we kind of figure out exactly which one of those four skill sets that I help people with, did they not fully lean into. So it's always about learning and then Mm -hmm. never about beating ourselves up because what happens is that self-loathing is what fuels the binge cycle. Mm -hmm. So we want to go back into that. Like, and I don't think that it's really subconscious, but like it's that self-loathing is so addicting to ourselves because we think that if we beat ourselves up, that it will help us move on faster or help us get to that place where we think that it's the self-loathing, but it's not. That only keeps you stuck. The way that you move on, the way that you actually lose the weight is by coming from compassion and by empowering yourself. Yeah, that's so true. Whether you're a binge eater or not a binge eater, yeah, like approaching weight loss with that self-loathing never works for the long term, right? Yeah. You lose weight short term, as long as you white knuckle it. Uh, But then as soon as that willpower taps out or the white knuckling no longer is working, then you can't follow through. It has to come from wanting to lose weight for good, to to be good to yourself. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's huge. And that's like you mentioned earlier, that's something that's not talked about or, or taught with the diet mentality. Mm-hmm. Like what everybody's exposed to is, you know, what's wrong with you is your weight and you just need to lose weight and it'll be fine uh, versus, you know, you can choose to lose weight for certain reasons, but losing weight thinking that everything's going to be great or stopping binge eating thinking that everything's going to be fantastic because that's the only thing that's wrong, you know, is, is a false belief. There's, yeah. there's other stuff at the other side, whether you lose weight or you stop binging that still can feel uncomfortable and still requires you to work through it. 
Yeah. I think that's so important that you bring that up because, and that's like the other foundational work. So before I even like get people into the tools and before we even do like start building those new skill sets, I take my clients through like a rewiring of their old set. So um, I've kind of coined this term called post-traumatic restriction syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) And basically what it is, is it's, it's the effect of the diet mentality. So the diet mentality basically tells us, follow this diet and you'll lose weight. But basically what it's saying is you don't trust yourself with food. So do that or like something outside of you. And so once again, there's like the on and off the wagon, there's the good and bad, which is once again, taking us away from that trusting the food. So what you're left with is you're left with this post-traumatic restriction syndrome where you're so afraid to to restrict yourself or you're so over counting calories or your, your brain is just like totally in this warped zone of like diet mentality. And so what I help my clients do, the very, very first step is getting them out of that post-traumatic restriction syndrome and teaching them how to build trust with themselves. Because the truth Mm -hmm. is, is that if you felt like you trusted yourself with food, none of this would be an issue. Right. Because you would always trust yourself to do the thing. And that's what I help my people do is I help them build trust again. But first, we have to get them out of that diet mentality and literally rewrite the rules as to how to look at food and how to get out of that place of self-loathing and get into an empower- more of an empowerment place. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, that's awesome. Um. All right. And so do you have, like, after somebody does have a binge, do you have them do like a worksheet or ask themselves specific questions about it to sort through what, which of those skills was the issue? Absolutely. So once again, the very first step is I ask them like, how can you have love for yourself? Like, how can you, like, if you were talking to your best friend or you were talking to your toddler child, like how would you talk to them after they did something wrong? You know, like it would be a very different approach than like beating yourself up, be like, oh, I should have known better. Oh, I should have done this. And it's so important to stay out of the shooting. And I tell my clients all the time, I'm like, stop shooting all over the place. We're like, I should, <laughs> I should do this or I should do that. So it's so important to like not have any regrets or worry about that. Then the second part is asking themselves, what could I have done? Be- what can I do different next time? What can mm-hmm. I learn from this? And then also asking themselves, how did that happen for me? Like, how can I find the meaning of like how this is going to move me forward? And it usually just comes back to reflecting to how they're going to learn and how they're going to do it differently next time. Mm -hmm. Which is good. And then, um, so you've given like fantastic tips and uh, good information. Do you have any other uh, um, tips or uh, sort of practical stuff that has been helpful with people you work with? Yeah. Let me share a couple of the uh, kind of, I guess, mental shifts that I teach that people can start looking at binging a little bit differently. So I think one of the biggest things that is not really talked about, and I like to call kind of my special sauce because I go into this topic full on, which is discomfort. Mm. We cannot talk about stopping binge eating without talking about discomfort because you have to be willing to be uncomfortable in order to change. Yeah. Now let's just take like, let's take the concept of discomfort even further. So first off the way that our brains work, like that motivational triad of like what our natural human instinct is to 
seek pleasure, avoid pain, and to conserve energy. So already our brains, and if you think about anything that we do or we don't do, is because of how we think it's going to make us feel. Mm-hmm. Everything. And when it comes to binging, think about it. So before you binge, there's going to be negative emotions, okay? There's going to be those urges. There's going to be desire. There's going to be whatever feeling that you might want to, because a lot of people are emotional eaters, so like that stress or whatever, restlessness. So there's all kinds of negative feelings that are happening before the binge, okay? Right. Now, also, let's talk about what happens after the binge. After the binge, there's self-loathing, there's hate, there's shame, there's guilt, there's all kinds. So one way or another, there is going to be discomfort either before you binge or after you binge. Hmm. So what I like to help people do is to shift their thinking into, I'm going to feel discomfort one way or another, either way, either path, there is discomfort to, to not binge and then sit with the feelings that you're left with or to binge and then be left with the generated feelings after the binge is self-loathing. My suggestion is you're going to feel like crap either way. You might as well not binge and just sit with the feelings and learn how to process them. And then they're going to go away really fast and then you'll feel happy. And then what you're left with is well-being versus on Mm -hmm. the other side of it. If you do give into the binge, you not only feel like self-loathing and all those other emotions, but you have the net negative consequence of eating all the food, feeling like crap, and then also reinforcing that brain pattern and that habit of binging. And same with on the front side, if you don't give into the urges and you feel and you sit with those discomfort, the uncomfortable feelings, and you keep on doing that, you don't give in to to the urges, you don't actually eat, eventually your brain is going to start rewiring it to not have the urges. So we're constantly reinforcing what we're doing most in our life. So either way, you're going to feel like crap. You might as well sit with the feelings ahead of time and get the well-being and and then get the the process of not binging instead of giving into it. That's a fantastic point because, I, you know, as you know, when you're having that urge for the binge, that piece of your brain is whispering in your ear telling you everything's going to be fine. Like if you just eat this, it's all going to be okay. You're going to feel so much better. Yeah. But you never- It doesn't it, tell you about the other stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, and the crazy thing too is like you feel relief for a short period of time, but then it doesn't last and it feels like crap. And once again, so the, the four skill sets that I teach people is first is- how to switch beliefs. So how to get out of that like post-traumatic restriction syndrome, how to use your thoughts to get different results. The mm-hmm. second skill set that I teach them is how to build trust with themselves, which is basically how to follow through with what you say you're going to do. So if you say you're not going to binge, how to actually do that. Or if you say you're not going to eat something, how to actually follow through. Right. That third skill that I teach them is how to sit with an emotion is how to allow an urge. And the reason why people have so much problem with sitting with that feeling before they binge and giving into it is because of the resistance. So going back to that beach ball, they're Mm -hmm. fighting it. If you have the skill set of learning how to just let that urge sit on the water, it's easy. So eventually within a couple week period of time, you don't even have to react to those urges. It's just like, oh, there's an urge, no big deal. I'm not going to eat. That's literally Mm -hmm. how easy it becomes. 
And because we tell ourselves a story that it's so hard, and the reason why it feels hard is because you're actually fighting it, you're not allowing it. So it's so different. And that, and then that last skill set that I teach is being willing to be uncomfortable. And that's everything. That's everything in life. Because if you want to change, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. And instead of looking at discomfort as something has gone wrong, mm-hmm. instead you look at it as, oh, wait, this is just part of life. Nothing's gone wrong. Like everything's okay. And then you can move through those negative emotions because you're not making meaning to it and you're not getting stuck back into that story. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. That the allowing urges um, skill is huge. And it's so, it sounds so simple when you say it, but it's so powerful when you actually apply it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, It's everything. And I think that people think that binge eating is hard. Like, and that's like one of the things I tell my clients before they start working with me is like, what if I could like make it so that you have the skill set to not give in to a binge and it's like really easy. And they're like, no, that's not possible. And I'm like, mm, are you sure? <laughs> like, why don't you like try what I'm doing and, and I'll show you how easy. And I love it when people come back a couple of weeks and they're like, this is so easy. I'm like, I know, <laughs> yeah. but it's just like the way you're looking at it. And then once again, that skill set and it takes practice. Like at first it's a little bit hard. Like the first few times that you don't give in to the binges and you're sitting with those urges, it feels really hard, but eventually like it becomes really easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Any other uh, things you want to add before we wrap up? Man, I'm like so much, but just <laughs> really it comes down to you do not have to stay stuck binging. Like, yeah. and it's a habit. Like the reason why you feel out of control and the reason why you feel like there's something wrong with you is because your brain is actually wired to binge. And right now you're allowing your subconscious mind to make most of your decisions with food. So when you Mm -hmm. learn how to use your thoughts to outsmart that habit part of your brain, everything changes. Everything becomes easy because you're in control. And right now you're telling yourself a story that you don't have control, but that's something that you're just a story that you're telling based off your old experience. And it's so important not to come from your past or not to use your past. And that's what I get a lot where people are afraid to like do a a coaching program like mine because they're like, well, I've tried everything in the past. Like I can't, I I can't change or like I've already tried Mm -hmm. it and they project their past failures and they project their past, um, yeah, past failed attempts into the future. And you can, you can't create a new life when you're doing that. So you have to be able to shift your thinking and learn how to believe something new. And that's really like the secret sauce of this is like not projecting it and getting honest with yourself that like what you're doing is keeping you stuck. What you're doing is not working. And mm-hmm. when you can admit to yourself that what you're doing is not working, it gives you a place to make a new decision and try something new. And that's really what I, I help people do is just shifting their, the way they're thinking, shifting the way that they are approaching it so that they can get new results. Yeah. And that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on Lauren. Like I think this episode is I think it's amazing. And I I think there's going to be lots of other people that also find it amazing to actually hear, you know, their secret that they probably haven't told anybody talked about with really practical tips about how to move forward. And I think it's great. Thank you so much. 
thank you so much. I love, I love, love having these conversations and I love helping people. And if, if you're just taking any way, like if you're anything to take away is that like, you don't have to stay stuck. Like it is possible for you to stop. And it's, it's much easier than you thought if you, when you have the right skill sets and the right tools. And that's really just about learning, just learning something new. Yeah, totally. And applying it. Yeah, awesome. exactly. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wasn't that amazing? I really loved Lauren and I love the enthusiasm and energy she brings to this topic. Uh, you can check her out at laurenciesco.com. I'll put a link to her website on my page, which is weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash binge. All right. If you are loving this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you could head over to iTunes and leave a review for me. That really helps podcasts get found. Also, while you're there, make sure you've hit the subscribe button so you're getting all the new episodes as soon as they come out. If you have any questions or topics you would like me to cover on future episodes, send me an email over at info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you again next week.